הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדורנו, כל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני עפר קדוש המשבר ארץ המה. ובבחן לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסודו נם נחם נובע מכוחו חמר רבנו נחם מפגע בן שמחה. נא נח נחמן נחמן ואומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. בעזרת השם, we will finish off תורה א', where we left off at the words וזהו בחינת. So בעזרת השם. וזהו בחינת, and this is the aspect of what is brought down in the verse, ויאמר, and God said, אם שמוע תשמע, etc, etc. If you'll surely listen, and that which is upright in his eyes you shall do, and you shall listen to his commandments, and guard all his, uh, all his statutes. So that, that Moshe Rabbeinu was telling the Jewish people that God told, um, God told me that you shall listen to, you shall surely listen to him, etc., etc., be upright in God's eyes. Do what he says, etc. So Rabbeinu is saying that this verse hints to the three, or the rectification of these three surface, services that we mentioned above. When a person falls, God forbid, into the three avodot of the sitracha, when a person falls, God forbid, into the three types of um, services of the evil side. Um, Rabbeinu is saying this verse is hinting to how to rectify that. So let's see how. It's brought down in the verse of Ashabe Naftazeh. Do what is right, upright in his heart, in his eyes. This is the opposite of um, having contempt for someone, having disrespect to someone, thinking someone is below you. That's the first type of thing that we said, which undermines prayer. And Ramon is saying that doing some, doing um, what is upright in God's eyes, is the opposite of this. Because it's brought in the verse. So it says in the verse, why is this the opposite of um, disrespecting someone? Because it says in the verse in Ayov, chapter 33, Let him go around to people and say, and say, I have, I, I have sinned, and I perverted that which was straight. <coughs> it says over there, we see this is with respect to Bizu and Hashim, disregarding people. And uh, the idea of Ve'yashar He'eveti, which is brought in the verse in Eyov, I perverted that which was straight, meaning being straight is not having contempt for people. Or, um, um, or being straight is not disrespecting people and not being having um, thinking people are below you. So that's what Rabban was saying, which is the opposite. This aspect of Yashar is the opposite of thinking that you are above someone, which is that contempt. You shall listen to his commandments. That was the second thing. This represents rectifying the covenant. And Avraham circumcised his son Yitzchak um, when he was eight days, just as God had commanded him. Commanded him. Tiva, meaning that the aspect of the Brit is commandment. Tiva, listen to his commandment, which is what the Brit Kodesh. So that's Tikkun Abrit. And the third one um, is supposed to rectify whenever a person falls into a lack of faith. And guard all his statutes. 
And one of this is the aspect of rectifying faith. Uh, which is the opposite of idol worship, a blemishing in faith, as we said. Is that guarding all of God's statutes is the opposite of falling into Abu Zarah, which is this blemishing in faith. It's guarding God's commandments. It's the aspect of faith. That the statutes of the nations are futility. And then what happens? All those illnesses which God has placed upon Egypt, God will not place upon us. Why? Because God is our healer. Meaning when we rectify these three things, then we're able to have prayer in its proper state. And once we have prayer in its proper state, then we have all the healings through bread and water. And not we don't even need any medicines and herbs and doctors, etc. Because then tefillah uh, is in its perf- is perf- is in perfection, and we're able to be healed through the word of God by anything or any means in the world. And let's go to the asterisk. Even if that sickness is born in a person and it's sprouting, for a person, for example, if a person doesn't merit to heal that sickness beforehand. Then we're also able to be saved and healed through the word of God, even from complete illnesses. As we said in the verse that God will bless your bread, and God says, I will remove the sickness from, um, from your midst. Meaning, even the complete illness. Because through the word of God, through prayer, a person is able to be healed through literally anything, from anything in the world. Um, Rabban was saying there's nothing that is um, outside of God's power to, to heal when tefillah is in its proper state. And you can be healed by anything in the world even before that sickness is revealed. Um, in the aspect of what is brought down, by kol mitchapein, one is cured by any means. This is what Chizkiyah said. That which is good in your eyes, God, I have done. He juxtaposed the blessing of Gerulah that we say every single morning and evening as well. That, um, that he juxtaposed Geulah in the morning, in the morning prayer of Shacharit. He juxtaposed the blessing of Geulah, of redemption, to the Amida, to the 18 blessings, to the silent prayer. He, he didn't uh, pause between them. And he hid the book of healing, the book of remedies. And now Rabban was going to explain what this, what is the connection between juxtaposing Geulah and Tila and hiding the book of remedies. Rabban says it's all one concept. Because by the mere fact that he juxtaposed Geulah to Tila, because um, now that Chizkiyah revealed pray, redeemed prayer from the exile that we mentioned above, when prayer is redeemed, um, because that uh, that Shefa of Nevoah is brought down through that angel, now we don't need the Book of Remedies anymore. So Chizkiyah hid it. Because once 
prayer is redeemed and freed, then all those remedies fall. Because everyone is healed through the word of God. Then all these doctors are embarrassed by their own healings. Their own methods. Because there's no strength to their healing. Because all the strengths of these herbs, of these herbs, all the strength of these herbs return back to um, to prayer. Which is the word of God. Which is the root of every single thing. Because um, this is the way all the herbs and all the foliage of the field um, are obliged to work. Meaning, when a person gets up to pray, then this person is in the aspect of the word of God, meaning he's in the aspect of Tzilah, which is the root of these, with the strength in which all this, uh, these herbs get their strength from. The strength from which all these herbs, um, meaning where do these herbs receive their strength from, it's from Dvar Hashem, as we said earlier, that they receive their strength, each and every grass, blade of grass, or each and every crop receives its strength from a supernal star, and that star receives its strength from the stars above it, which receive from the ministering angels. And then those angels from about receive their strength from the angels above it, etc., etc., all the way up until the word of God. So we see that the strength of the everything in this world, the strength of specifically these medicines, are received from the word of Hashem, which is the aspect of prayer. Um, which is their root. Um, and now they return that strength that they once had back into prayer, which is their root. Their supernal root. So that, so that when a person prays over some sickness, sorry, so then those herbs, those medicines, which have the strength to heal this person from that sickness, they are obligated to return their strength back into prayer, which is their root. To the word of God. And this is why it's brought in Bereshit chapter 24. The Yitzchak went to meditate in the field. Meaning that his prayer was with the herbs of the field, with the strength of these herbs. Meaning that's what the word Lasuach. Suach comes from the word Siach Hasadeh, the foliage of the field. That all those, that foliage of the field returned their strength. And they gave back their strength within prayer. Which is their source. And this is the shining forth of the Mashiach. This represents the shining forth of the Mashiach. Because all things are distinguishable from one another in three different ways. First in appearance. The second in taste. And the third in smell. Because of this, that which makes grow all those, those, that vegetation is what we call matar rain. Rashi is an, uh, is the acronym of the phrase mar'e ta'am reach, mar'e appearance, ta'am um, taste and reach smell. Take the first letters of that. Mem taf resh yamatach, which means rain. This is why rain makes all those things grow. So the main and the main thing Rabbeinu tells us, what is it? Is reach, is the smell. Because 
Because Rabbeinu is saying that the only thing which the soul benefits from is from, um, is from the smell. The body can't benefit, but the soul does. As page 43b, which is the thing that the soul benefits from, but not the body, this is, this, this is smell. Rabbeinu is going to connect the idea of smell and the neshama and now the aspect of prayer because Rabbeinu is telling us that prayer, the essence of prayer, is from the soul. Chapter 150 Let every soul, let every soul praise the God. Meaning it's the soul that does the praising, it's the soul that does the, the prayer. And we know that Mashiach receives all the prayers of the Jewish people. And he's the one who collects all the prayers. Because Mashiach is the aspect of Chotem, the nose. Which we said is the thing which is um, which enables the Neshama to benefit. <coughs> that nose is the Neshama. As we see in Echa chapter 4, The breath of our nostrils. Is the Mashiach Hashem is the anointed one of God, meaning the Mashiach represents the breath of the nostrils, meaning the nose. That the Mashiach receives all the fragrances, all the smells, which are all the prayers, because we said, where does prayer come from? The soul. And what's the soul? What does the soul benefit through? Smell. So we see that the prayer is the aspect of smell, and because the Mashiach represents the breath of the, of the nostrils, which is where the smell travels through, that the Mashiach collects all the prayers. Because Rabban was saying that the sustenance of prayer, which is from the soul, comes from scent. That how does how is prayer sustained through scent? Because prayer comes from the soul, and how the soul sustained through scent? And this is what is brought down in Yeshaya chapter forty-eight. Um, and God says that my praise. Is that echetom I restrain my anger for your sake. Echetom, echetom comes from the word chotem, which means nose, meaning that God plugs his nose as if to say, not to let the smoke of his anger escape through his nose. Because this is what Rabban was saying, that this is the nose. That what is tfila utehilati and what is my praise, meaning my tfila echetom, is through nose, is through the nose, through scent. And this is why the Mashiach is called Mashiach. Because he receives his nourishment from the Siach Hasadeh, from the foliage of the field. Mashiach comes from Misiach. And Misiach uh, Hasadeh from the foliage of the field. Look in the Zohar Bereshit, uh, page 25a. And a beautiful thing which Rabbi Israel Dovodeser, the Bala Petek, um, better known as Saba. What Sabah once said um, is that the Mashiach is called Messiah, which means to speak. That the Mashiach is in constant heat bodhidut. That's his power, as we know in lesson two. That the Mashiach is the aspect of prayer, as we just see now also. So it's fitting to say that the Mashiach comes from Messiah, which means to converse. That he's conversing with Hashem constantly. That's what makes the Mashiach the Mashiach. That he's always in the aspect of prayer. His prayer is at its highest level. So, as we just said, that's a nice little Kiddush, but we go back to the lesson. That Rabenu is telling us that the Mashiach receives all the sustenance from the Siach Hasadeh, the foliage of the field. What is the foliage of the, of the field? That what? It's the Rechot Shebaim Betochat Tfila. It's all the scents, the fragrances that come during prayer. Which is the aspect of the nose.
And it says, as we said above, that God's praise is that He restrains His anger, which is plugging the nose. Mashiach receives all these prayers because He is the spirit of our nostrils, as we saw in the verse. And look how Rabbeinu connects all of that. Otyud Gimel, section 13. This is the aspect of finding favor. As it says in the verse in Esther chapter 2, that Esther found favor in all those eyes who saw her. That to each and every person, Esther appeared as a member of her or his own nation. That anytime someone would see Esther, they would think that Esther was part of her nation, so they connected to her in their way. That's what it means that, they found, that she found favor in everyone's eyes. Now Rabbeinu is going to connect this. Because this master of prayer, this person who is like the Mashiach, he's in the aspect of Dvar Hashem, of the Word of God, which is the source of everything. Because all the strengths, all the powerful forces, all the, the heavenly hosts, everyone receives from this supernal source, which is the Word of God. Therefore, all these heavenly hosts and all these supernal ministering angels, each and every one of them, needs melo ke umato. When they look at this person, it seems to them as if you come from their nation. Meaning what? Meaning that you have favor in their eyes. And each and every one of those heavenly hosts or angels or stars, whatever it could be, it appears to that, that thing that you are involved with that thing alone, meaning that you have an intimate relation, relationship with that um, supernal being. Because everyone's receiving from you. That's the beauty of what Rabban was saying, that when a person's at this aspect of Dvar Hashem, that all those heavenly hosts, because they receive from you now, because you're the source of all the Koach, they find favor in you. Or, yeah, that you have favor in their eyes. And they love you basically because they see that you are engaged with them only. And now Rabbeinu goes back to the beginning as we said above. Um, as we said earlier <coughs> in section, if I'm not mistaken, just to remember the section four. Um, sorry, section three. As we said above, section three of the lesson. So now Rabbeinu says, now that you have this, you're able to recognize all those mefursamim, all those um, famous leaders, which are through arrogance. You're able to determine which ones are through arrogance and which ones are really holy. Because that arrogance and that boldness disappears in his presence. Because when a person merits to be in the aspect of prayer, which is the word of God, the source of everything, that all these supernal angels and ministering angels receive their strength from this person, then they all become his debtors. They all borrow from him. It's brought down, that all the stars borrow from one another, etc., etc. And then they all borrow from Dvar Hashem. Then all of them are the aspect of the borrowers um, until all the way up to the supernal source, which is the word of God, which is prayer, which is this master prayer, this tzaddik who holds at this level, as this tzaddik who is the bala, he is the great lender. He lends to everyone. 
that all the heavenly hosts and all the powers, they all are in debt to him. Chapter 9, that all the heavenly hosts bow down to you. Meaning that all the heavenly hosts, they bow down and humble themselves before their root, before their source. Which is this word of God. Meaning they lower themselves before this tzaddik, this Baal who's holding at this aspect of prayer. And this is why it says in the verse, which we say every single morning. And now Rabbi is going to give us a big, big etzat for Abadat Hashem. Big piece of advice. So when we say this every morning in Vayavach uh, David, before Yishtabach and before Azashir, we say this. Uzva Shamaim, the heavenly hosts, Lechamishtachavim, bow down to you. Rashetevot Malve. Rashetevot Malve, sorry, it's not this over here that it's the Chidush I was thinking about telling you, but uh, we saw this lesson actually before. That Rabbanu tells us that when we say this, we have to think um, to pray for any single healing that we need, any single salvation, because it's through the heavenly host that we said receive. That all the strength of the herbs and all the foliage of the field receive their strength from. So this is connected to this lesson. But Rabbeinu will bring another chidush. Take that phrase. The acronym is the word Malveh. Take the first letters. Vav, He, Lamed, Mem, Malveh, which is the lender. Meaning that all the heavenly hosts bow down to you. Who's the you? It's the Malveh, it's the lender. That great tzaddik, that bal tefila, because they are all the aspect of borrowers, one from another. Adam al all the way up until that great lender, shehu b'chinat bal tefila, who's the aspect of the master of prayer. Shua al who's the great lender, because he is the supernal source. because he is the word of God. The alken. Therefore, now you're able to recognize. Those leaders who are only there because of their evil boldness. Because why? Because no person will ever, ever uh, be brazen-faced before his creditor, before the person who's giving him the money. No one will ever do that. Or before he owes who he owes money to. You won't have the guts to ever... Um, Act with brazenness towards that person who you are borrowing from. Therefore, all this, this, azutam, all of these people, these famous leaders, who appear to be tzaddikim, all their boldness, their evil boldness, falls before the master of prayer. Because he is the great lender. Because they all, because they all borrow from him. So now he sees, and by default, once they come before him, once he sees them. There is no way that they have this um, brazen nature because they feel they are in debt to him. This is why it's brought down in Shemot chapter 33. Beautiful sword, Rabban was telling us. For you have found favor in my eyes. And I have known you by name. And I have known you by name. Meaning what? That through this aspect of finding favor, meaning that all these heavenly hosts are bound down to you, meaning that they receive and they lend, they are all borrowing from you. Meaning through this, he has favor in their eyes. As we said above, with regard to Esther, that it seemed to every single person that laid eyes on Esther that she was part of their nation. 
which is the same thing that happens whenever you arrive before any person or any host, whoever it is, even the biggest of angels, that they find favor, that they have, they um, that you have found favor in their eyes because you are helping them. And once you have that, which is the aspect that we said above, that um, because you have found favor in my eyes, what happens? And it finished off in the verse. And um, I have known you by name. What did that mean? That now a person is able to know and to recognize all these famous leaders, masters of name. Because one who's famous and has a name or authority because of his boldness, that person will fall before this Baal Tfilah. Rabbeinu also says that when it says in the verse that I, and I have known you by name this represents the souls because what does the soul have to do with name as the brother in Bereshit chapter 2 the living soul is its name that the name is the soul so we see that the soul I have known you by, by name is the aspect of knowing the soul because by means of these famous leaders he is um, because just by knowing these famous leaders and where each one stands, etc., and and looking at all of them, he's attached himself to all the souls because all the souls are branched under them. Because now that he's attached himself to all the holy mefulsamim, he has um, attached himself to all the souls. As it's brought down the verse that Hashem told Moshe Rabenu, to grab onto the face of the chair. Meaning, he, he allowed Moshe Rabbeinu to grab onto the foot of the throne. Which we said is a reference to the attachment to the root of the souls. Meaning, attach yourself to all these 600,000 souls. Which are hewn from under um, uh, this, the, the throne of glory of God. As we said above. And then the final section for the lesson, which is, we still have a little bit left. But... The final section, and Rabbeinu says the final step is now a person is able to make Rosh Hashanah, to do Rosh Hashanah. And look at this Chidush. Because when a person sits down to speak about another person, to speak about someone else, this is the aspect of Rosh Hashanah. The, the head of the year. Which is what? The day of judgment. We know Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the year is um, the day of judgment, that he sits down and judges his friend. And a person needs to be very careful from this. And to guard himself carefully, if he's fitting for this, to judge his fellow. Because judgment, mishpat is for God. Because judgment and justice only belongs to Hashem. Um, as it's brought down in Dvarim, chapter 1. We see over there that who are you to judge another person? Because it's only God Himself that is fitting to judge another person. It's brought down in chapter 2. Do not judge your friend until you've reached his place. Meaning, who are you to judge your friend? And who are you to say that you've reached his place? 
And who is he that knows and has reached the, his friend's place, except for God himself? For he is the place of the entire world. The world is not God's place. God, the place isn't, the world isn't the place where God lives. The world, God is the place of the world. Um, that God encompasses the world and he created it. So we see that God is the aspect of place. Until you've reached to the Mekomo. Who's the Mekomo? It's Mekomo Shelolam. Meaning that only God knows where this person is. Who are you to say that you've reached this Mekomo? The Mekomo Shelolam. The God. Who, who, who is it that you think that you are? That you've reached the Mekomo Shelolam. The, the omnipresent one. That you've reached the level of God to judge another person. Because only God judges. And each and every person has a place with regard to God. With Hashem. Therefore God is able to judge a person. A person because God is a master of mercy. And it's certain that God fulfills what is written in chapter 1. That He judges each and every person, person to the side of merit. There's no way God judges us, judges us negatively. We see God's mercy in the fact that He established for us the holiday of Rosh Hashanah. Which is the day of judgment. And why? what did God do that was so merciful? That he put the day of judgment. The day of judgment in the entire year. The scariest day of the year. Berosh Hashanah. On, uh, sorry. Berosh Chodesh. On the, the day of the new moon. On Rosh Chodesh. The beginning of the month. Because it's not obvious. That Rosh Hashanah needs to be on the first day of the year. Or the, or the first day of the month of Tishrei. It can be any time. We see that there's many types of Rosh Hashanah. There's the Rosh Hashanah of Tubeav. Which is the trees. But Rabbanu is saying that it's a chesed that Hashem put the Rosh Hashanah on Aleph Tishrei, on the first day of on Rosh Chodesh Tishrei. Why? Because how this is a great chesed of God. This is a great kindness. Because how would we be how would we be so presum, uh, presumptuous to request atonement from God? Therefore, God did the most awesome chesed and established the day of judgment of Rosh Hashanah on Rosh Chodesh, on the day of the new moon. Because on that day of Rosh Chodesh, God Himself is asking for atonement and seeking atonement. Why? And we say, um, in uh, also in the Gemara Chodin, page 60b, um, that we know the story of Hashem making the moon small. And when the moon came and complained to God, God said um, that He's going to create Rosh Chodesh. And we know that this is the idea that God uh, feels He regretted doing this. It's brought down. We can't even understand what that means. But it's coming to show us something awesome. As Rabbeinu teaches us also, I believe in Lesson 10, this idea that Hashem is showing us that we do Teshuvah also. That just like on Rosh Chodesh, we, we can do Teshuvah. By doing what? By Hashem showing us that He does Teshuvah as well. Meaning that what? That God is saying, bring an atonement offering on my behalf. That's why we celebrate Rosh Chodesh. To bring in atonement for God's behalf by the fact that He made the moon small. So God is seeking atonement as well. And that's the beauty of Hashem. That that's why He put Yom Adin on Rosh Chodesh because He too is also seeking atonement. Therefore we don't have Him this shame before God to request atonement on the day of judgment because God himself is requesting atonement.
כאן הזכרתי את אלה ויסל הבאב. גם על ידי שהשם יתברך מהפרו כביכול בא לידי זה שיצטרך לומר רבי אולי כפרה. Meaning this too in which God had to bring himself to the point in which he said to us that to bring um, on his behalf an atonement. By the mere fact that God did this and regretted doing what he did and told us to bring an atonement on, beha- on his behalf, meaning that he regretted doing something. With this, we don't have the embarrassment because God did that. We now are non embarrassed before Hashem, even with our many sins, to request an atonement and. Um, and to regret over them. Because God too needed to do something in which he, uh, um, in which he needed to regret about something. Meaning that he too needed to repair that which he felt he was guilty about, which was to make the moon small. Now we see the great compassion that God has. Therefore God is fitting to judge the world. Why? Because we see that compassion, that God did that just for us. That God did um, put your Madin on Rosh Chodesh because of the great compassion that He has. Because just as He regretted His thing, He's teaching us that we too, we can regret for our sins and we can ask atonement. And because God has so much compassion to make that accessible to us, to make that atonement accessible to us, it's only God that's fitting to judge the world. Because God knows the place of every single person, the level. Because all the places are within God. Everything exists within God. Because He is the supernal one. He is the omnipresent. He is the place of the entire world. And the world is not His place. Because even though we find places in which the Shechina resides, just like the, the temple, this was not God's intention to constrict His godliness over there. That's not why God created the Bet HaMikdash to constrict His godliness in this world. Um, Book 1, chapter 18. That behold, the heavens and the highest of heavens cannot contain you, God. How much less can this house do so? Meaning the fact that even if the highest heavens cannot contain God, so much more so uh, a temple. It's only because there were beautiful things there in the Bet HaMikdash. Because brought down in the Haktama of the Tikkun Ezoah, that within the Bet Amikdash there were depictions of the works of the creation of the world and the design of Gan Eden. Alken, therefore, therefore God drew his, God, his holiness into there. But the world in itself is not a place of God. It's not God's place. He is the place of the world. Meaning the world exists within him. Therefore, only God can do Rosh Hashanah because, which is the day of judgment because he fulfills. Do not judge your friend until he is reached, until you reach his place. Why? What does that mean? His place? Because he's the place of the world. God's the place of the world. Only he knows the place of every single person. And this is why it's brought in Tehillim chapter 93. To your house, the holy dwelling. Hashem O God, for the length of days. 
Meaning that God drew His holiness into the temple only because there was pleasant things over there. But God Himself is not um, does not exist within the world. Is that the world exists within Him, and therefore, Hashem le'orachamim, God. Oh God, for the length of days, meaning that God Himself is able to create Rosh Hashanah, which is what? Which means the long day. Because we know, as, in Rosh, as we see in the Gemara Beta, um, in Shulchan Aruch, also that Rosh Hashanah is considered one long day, not 48 hours, but one long 24 hours. Even though it's two days technically, it's considered one long day. And therefore one who holds onto the throne of Hashem, which is the root of all the souls, is also the aspect of the place of the world. He too exists at this, at this level. He's encompassed within God and he too has the same koach. Not to say that he has the same koach as Hashem, but Hashem grants him the strength to judge the world. We're going to see. That's the level a person can reach. He can ascend above all the, the creatures, all the supernal beings, and sit right next to Hashem. Who gamken bechinot mekomot shalala? Bechinot is brought down in Shmuel Aleph, chapter 2, that he says, Chavon al-Chinen. That God endows us with um, a throne of glory. Because all the pillars of the earth belong to God. And he founded the world upon them. Meaning, when a person is in the aspect of the throne of glory, which are the root of all the souls, through this he becomes the, the place of the entire world. That God founded the world upon them. Now this person is able to do Rosh Hashanah. And this is why, if you go to Chayim Oran, why it's very important to say, because this is all of what Rabbeinu says, that Rabbeinu said, My entire essence is only Rosh Hashanah. And as Rabbeinu said, that my Rosh Hashanah is a very awesome novelty. Um, then God knows that Rosh Hashanah was not an inheritance from my forefathers. Only God knew, only God know, or or only God gave to me this as a gift. Um, that I know what the essence of Rosh Hashanah is. This is what Rabbeinu prided himself in. That Rabbeinu said that the Chag of Rosh Hashanah was given to him. And we can see from here the level a person needs to be at to hold on to this aspect of Rosh Hashanah that he needs to do Rosh Hashanah. Because Rabbeinu was saying that Hashem gave him the Koach of Rosh Hashanah. That it's this Tzaddik who's at this level of the Kisya Kavod now. Who's grabbing onto the 600 souls, souls that Rabbeinu said even before he went to Eretz Yisrael. Where it's only after he came back from Eretz Yisrael where he received this gift of Rosh Hashanah. That Rabbeinu says that um, before he went to Eretz Yisrael, just to show you the level he was at already. That Rabbeinu said, I cannot go to sleep because the 600,000 letters of the Torah passed before my eyes. It's brought down in Sichot Aran. Rabbeinu writes this. And uh, what this is hinting to is the 600,000 letters of the Torah or represented 600,000 Neshamot. So we see here that the tzaddik is at the Bechina where all the 600,000 souls are under him. Why? Because he's holding on to the Kisya Kavod. So Rabbeinu 
was at this madrega, especially after Eretz Yisrael, when he came back and received this tikkun of Rosh Hashanah, which is why the essence, which Rabbeinu was saying, the entire Geulah depends on my Rosh Hashanah. It says, not only do all of my students depend on Rosh Hashanah, but all the Jewish people. And not only that, the entire world depends on Rosh Hashanah, even all the Goyim, everyone. All the worlds depend upon Rosh Hashanah because we see here that everyone is judging Rosh Hashanah. But a person who's at this level, he's at the Bechina where he's able to make Rosh Hashanah. And that is Rabbi Nachman. And we continue. And it's very necessary to speak about this because we can only t talk about this when, you really, when we really read Chayyim Mu'aran and read the other books, which God willing, hopefully we can try to do a pod podcast on. And... Um, and uh, God willing, start after Likut Moran to do a podcast on Chayim Moran, which is the most essential. So Vizet Perush, and this is an explanation of what is brought down in the verse, which Rabbeinu started the lesson with. Tiku v'chodesh shofar, sound the shofar, blow the shofar at the month's renewal. What is Tiku? To blow? This is the rulership. What is Tiku? To blow? Come to the word Utkativ. I'll affix him. Yated as a peg in a trusted place, which we said in the Tegum Yonatan, I believe, which is this idea of uh, putting a person in a position of authority. So Utkadid is to put a position, put a, put a person in a position of authority. This is rulership, Mshara. But Chodesh, what is um, at the month? Which means the renewal of Mochin, of the intellect, of the three festivals. As it says in Tehidim chapter, uh, chapter 104, that God uh, made the moon for the festivals. Because all the festivals and the holidays that we celebrate are through the renewal of the moon. So we see that Vachodesh represents the renewal of the intellect of the three holidays, the three festivals. Shofar, what does it mean? Tiku Vachodesh, Shofar, what is Shofar? The Shofar? This is the heart, which is sustained from the choicest or the choicest of the choice, the, the, the best. It is sustained from the best things. That is the heart. Shofar comes from Shufra, the choicest. Gam Shofar also says that Shofar is the aspect of fear. As brought down in Amos chapter 3. Will they blow a shofar in the city and the nation not tremble? Meaning the shofar indicates fear. It makes a person tremble. And shofar also represents prophecy. Lift up your voice like a shofar. So we see that this is a reference to prophecy. And shofar also represents prayer. From the narrows, I called out to God. This represents as it says in the verse in Tehillim 1.18, from the narrows I called out to God, and God answered me in the wide, in the wide places, that the shofar has the narrow part and the wide part. And the shofar also represents the foliage of the field, that all their strength of the foliage of the field returns back into prayer. And it says that Yitzchak went to meditate in the field, meaning that he went... Um, with the herbage of the field, meaning that through his prayer, through his meditation, all the field's um, foliage went back and put its strength back into prayer. This represents the shofar. With regard to shofar, it says in Yahushua, 
um, with an extended blast, with the horn of the ram, or upon an extended blast, with the horn of this ram. Rashetevot, what is Yoved? Um, this ram. Rashetevot, <clears throat> take the word Yoved. It's um, spell it out. You get this phrase. Take each uh, word. And um, you're going to see that the, the acronym for this phrase, which we're about to say, that acronym for that phrase is Yovel. Meaning what? The acronym, and Yitzhak went out to meditate in the field, as we said above. That uh, That's what we're saying, the, the horn of the ram is. Yovel, what is this? Now we're saying that the shofar, the horn of the ram, is this aspect of all the foliage of the field returning the strength back to prayer. Now Rabbeinu proves that. Because Yovel, and now through all these aspects that we mentioned, we finish off the verse. That sound of shofar at the month's renewal, at the time appointed for our festive day, for our festival. Which is what? A reference to Rosh Hashanah. Because now once you have all these aspects, now you're able to create Rosh Hashanah. And Rabbeinu finishes off the lesson with this idea. With regard to the prophecy that we mentioned above, there's a question. Because that angel which brings an influx of prophecy, which we said, is that angel, which redeemed me from all evil, etc., as we, as we saw in Bereshit, is below the place of prophecy. Because that angel of, that redeems from evil, is the aspect of the divine presence Kamuvaz is brought down in the Zohar Kadosh. But the divine presence, which is that Malchut, stands lower in the tenth field than Netzach and Hod, which is where prophecy comes from. But there's something deeper to this. That is whenever the Shechina, that angel, ascends higher than Netzach and Hod, as I hear Daika Mashbiya then she is specifically the one who instills prophecy. However, this is not the topic we are dealing with. Rabbeinu just came to address that question, which is very deep. But nonetheless, we see all this beautiful advice. Rabbeinu telling us, may we apply it. And Bezat Hashem. Um, celebrate the upcoming Rosh Hashanah with Rabbeinu in Uman Bezat Hashem. And um, to apply all the advice that Rabbeinu was telling us. To restore that tefillah. The, the rectification of prayer and all the other things that we talked about uh, today. And Bezat Hashem, may this limud be for the Rafa of uh, Shmuel Haladim and Esther Bezat Hashem.